All right. So I just want to make sure you make, put that on your calendar. So hopefully everybody has an outline called Moms and Divine Destiny. I love to preach this sermon. It's just such a real thing to me in so many different dimensions I've watched through the years. And I'm uh, just looking at Roz. Roz, I still can't believe you're a great-great-grandmother, but it's just amazing. I don't know. Is there another great-great-grandmother in our midst here today? Or do you win the prize, Roz? Stand up and take a bow, Roz. Is anybody? It's a great-great-grandmother. So you are a great-great-grandmother, but with two, right, or one? Two. And are they boys or girls? Boy and a girl? Huh? Boy, girl? Boy and a, yeah, boy and a girl. One in Texas and one in Nevada. May the Lord bless you, Roz, and all your clan, all your children. May all your children be taught of the Lord and great be their peace. That's a scripture, by the way. And I declare that over every family, every mom and dad here. May all your children be taught of the Lord and great be their peace. All your children, even when they're little, even when they're young and haven't made up their mind yet. I don't care if they're two years old or 50, 60 years old. All your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. And mom, if you're watching, I have a lot of peace. I'm good. <laughs> she lives in Albuquerque. She's almost 90 years old now. She's amazing, really amazing. All right. Got to get that one in there. So God reveals himself in the way he works through mothers. This revelation helps us to understand God and how he brings forth his plans for us and our children. So there's an interesting scripture. It's Isaiah chapter 49. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And just above that, the verse says, above it, verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And so God says back to his church, back to you. Sometimes when you feel isolated or alone, like something's been forgotten, something's been left behind, something hasn't worked. God's reply to you is this verse. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may even forget. And that's not often. But even if she forgot, I will not forget you. And if it goes the other way, even if children seemingly have forgotten moms or close ones, maybe they've felt like they've been forgotten. I just want to say, I will not forget you. That's God's father, mother heart, <laughs> parental heart over us. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. That's what God does with his kids. That's what he thinks of you. Your walls are ever before me. I don't know what it is in us that gets this idea sometimes when we're going through a bad time that God's far away or distant or forgot somehow, especially if we're in some kind of difficulty or tragedy or difficult situation. I think that whole thing says it all. See, I, I've actually, as a believer, as you know Jesus, when you've received Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you're close to my heart. I have actually even engraved you on the palm of my hands. You ever gotten something on your hands before, like a red spot or something? Just go put a big red dot in the middle of your hand. You'll see, what the heck? What, what is that? You'll forget. There it is again. There it is again. Palms of your hand is very visible, right? Your children hasten back. And those who laid you waste depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All your children gather and come to you and so on. So just wonderful promises there. He even says in the verse 18, I don't have all these verses on your sheet here, but 
As surely as I leave, live, declares the Lord, you will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. So what do you mean, put them on? Your, you, you will wear your children. You'll be proud of them like a badge, right? Even though they're not looking very badge-like at the moment, right? And they do go through that, right? I like that. Your children will hasten back to you and, and to the Lord, a promise for all mothers. Mommies always, moms always seem to have plans for the kids. My mom always did. I don't know about your mom, but I don't, there's that thing in them. I suppose some moms are more that way than others. But God always has plans for us. And so in that way, moms and God are very similar. It's amazing how God seems to link these concepts of the plans a mother has in her heart for their children and God having planned. Matter of fact, if you look at Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, let's just read these great verses. I love these verses. I love a lot of these verses. Some of these verses I'm going to share with you today are, are my favorite. For I know the plans I have for you. This is what God says. Because just take this personally, okay? For everyone that knows the Lord, and even if you, for you that are thinking about knowing the Lord, <laughs> are debating that right now, God still has a plan for you. He has a great plan for you. I mean a plan that includes the dreams of your heart. He knows what makes you tick. He actually made you, by the way. So if he made you, he knows what you like on the inside, even when you don't even know what you like on the inside. He knows beyond what... The maker knows the created very, very well. For I know the plans I have for you. And you were each created for a purpose. Purposes, by the way, declares the Lord. And here's the general outline of those plans. Don't you like these verses? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Maybe sometimes we get in a place and we feel like, man, you didn't really cover my back on that one. Just hold on. Hold on. Don't let go. You'll see it come around. You'll see it come around. I've been in that space a hundred times. God, this isn't looking good. <laughs> I don't know about this. I'm not feeling good. You know, what are my children? They're not doing well. What about that? Uh, listen, I got plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And then you can even do something about your problems. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Why did he carry them into exile? Because they totally rejected, started sacrificing their babies to idols and all kinds of things, and he had to bring some discipline. But even when God disciplines, even when discipline seems to be around you, uh, always look for the comeback. <laughs> the comebacks, everybody loves a comeback story. In sports, it's one of our favorite things, for an underdog to come back or someone that was, you know, was down and our favorite team, and they came back, right? God always has a comeback story for us. And of course, I've found with my own mother and, uh, and lots of mothers, I've found that uh, God's always looking for that uh, uh, in her life, she was always for me, not against me. There was never a person that was more for me than anybody I've ever met. She was always, and still to this day, is always for me, right? And Lord, I thank you for mom's faithfulness like that. Maybe you didn't have a particularly faithful mom. Maybe she got involved with some kind of drug issue or whatever. But let me just tell you, just the way it's supposed to work, and God works like this. You can depend on him. Talk about plans. Mary was the very first human being to be told about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And I want to read these verses about Mary from Luke chapter 1. And uh, 
verses 26 to 33. Isn't it interesting? Before anybody else knew, a mother knew, right? In the sixth month of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, is Elizabeth's pregnancy, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him and the, the, give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What an amazing thing. His kingdom will never end. So here it is, the very first human being that gets revealed, we gets called to about Jesus, besides the prophets who knew he was coming, but the eminent announcement is this mother-to-be who wasn't even married at the moment. What a story. What an amazing thing. So I'm just trying to say, I just have noticed this. I mean, I, I think I can say this. Maybe your mother wasn't exactly like this, but I just believe there's an anointing. There's something that mothers are aware in terms of the plan that God has for their children. And if you have never experienced that, Mom, and have no clue, just ask God. There's something about you carried that child. And there's just something intuitive, something that's been given by God uh, for you to know. And, and before anybody else knows in the whole universe, I mean, there's prophets that spoke about it, but this woman, it's revealed to her. And it speaks something about the way God works with women. Mary and Elizabeth pondered the prophetic destinies of their sons before anyone else on earth knew anything about it. Mary goes to the hill country of Judea where... She uh, goes to greet Elizabeth, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. They're having this party. Nobody else on earth knows the most momentous thing that's about to happen is about to happen, and these two are having a party. The, the John the Baptist is leaping around in, in Elizabeth's womb, and it's just amazing to me. The first revelation, the first insight, these women are talking about it around the kitchen table. That just tells you something about women, about the role that women have, about motherhood, about the way God works. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I mean, this has always intrigued me. They're talking around the kitchen table. The universe is about to change. The entire earth and two cousins are having coffee around the kitchen table. <laughs> talking it over. Listen to this. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Babies are far more aware, evidently, even in their spirits, than we maybe give credit for. You understand? That's a little one in there. That's something going on, processing already in the womb. Not just here, but in all wombs. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her promises to her. Maybe... Sometimes it's hard to understand abortion and all these issues for a person that maybe is not acquainted with the Word of God or doesn't know the Lord. Sometimes it's hard to understand. 
But these verses help us to understand because we have to understand if the world is all alone, spinning on top just by itself, and things are just happening. That's one thing. But if there is a planner, a supernatural intelligence, a person who has a way, a person who has a way of redemption, a person who knows how you tick, a person who actually controls your eternal destiny, then he has an opinion about things, and he has a really high opinion about babies, right, and their destinies. Yes, it took a father and a mother. Yes. But behind it is God Almighty. He has something in mind for that child. I don't care how the child God in the womb. And as believers, if we understand that, we'll be better and better at this. And for you moms where your children have gotten off track, listen, God has a plan. God has an intention. And He'll give it to you. He'll reveal it to you. And you pray and you intercede. You, you have an unusual ability, having carried that baby in your womb, to intercede. And for you that have adopted children, I believe the Lord gives the same anointing for you. The same anointing. There's something about it that God does. Something about motherhood that's sacred to God and powerful and right close, so close to His own heart. Just we see that right here. And Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for He's been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed. And certainly, was she ever right. If we look at Luke chapter 2, verse 15 to 20. This revelation comes uh, to some angels that, she, that the birth of Jesus is imminent. And uh, when the angels had left he- them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord to- has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Here's it. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in your heart. So built in women that are mothers, built in mothers, period. There's treasures. There's things that God gives, things that God speaks. Hold those things. I'd encourage you to write them down. Any kind of sense or knowledge or awareness of your your children, adopted or natural. God gives this treasury. He gives thoughts. He puts them in your brain to think about. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God spoke to Rebekah about the destiny of Jacob, who became Israel. Isn't that amazing? It's so interesting to me, this whole story. So most of us know about the current nation of Israel, but the whole story of the Old Testament is all about Israel. It's all about Jacob coming forth. This one son who was named Jacob but God renamed Israel. And it's amazing because the father doesn't know much, doesn't really seem to comprehend what God is about to do. And so I want to read these verses. And the mother all along is understanding what's happening to the place where she has to actually intervene to make sure this destiny happens. It's remarkable. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. I just think this is so interesting in light of just the new things that are happening, swirling in our country about abortion. You know, God has such a different opinion. 
He sees the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He's the author of life. The Lord said to her, you wonder what's going on in your womb? He says to her, the mother, the two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. She got this directly from the Lord. She got this understanding of destiny. In that time, it wasn't right. It was usually the firstborn got the inheritance. But she saw what was happening. She knew somehow on the inside, even though this wonderful Isaac, who's part of this line, this, the, the, the son of Abraham, this is not just any line. This is the, the, the beginning of the line of not only the Jews, but the gospel from which we get from Jesus and the whole lineage that comes to the New Jerusalem, the new people of God, including the Jews and Gentiles, all part of the same lineage. And this is how it's unfolding. And we got this name Israel today. That's who Jacob became. It's amazing. Now, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Like, <clears throat> very interesting. Isaac's not dumb, <laughs> but he doesn't have the same, he's not seen this. And it's got to be that uh, not only I think that does the Lord do this in this situation, but somehow or another, moms have this unique sensitivity about plans for the kids. Take that anointing. And if you're not a mom, you know, and your mom's still alive, you might want to check in. <laughs> because even sometimes uh, moms in their worst state are not doing well. They still have the genetic code on the inside. There's something there, right? God makes sure it happens. And they may not have been listening, but you know, giving birth is a big deal. There's nothing quite like that. Another human being in the, in a, in the womb. Even if your mom hasn't turned out so well or has rejected the Lord or wasn't so great. There's just something special about that. Special information. And for you that... Our moms, listen, there's special information. And God didn't just download it before they're born, after they're born, and far after that. Beware a mother that has a plan for your life. She has authority. Could I speak to your moms? You have authority before God to pray for that child. They may not be doing well, but there's this long tether, there's this cord, there's this connection. It might have been severed at birth, but it's not severed in the spirit. My, my. Now, my son, she says, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice goats. And then she decides to, to concoct this plan. So, <laughs> so they, and so they even put some hair on, on Jacob because he's not a hairy guy, right? And Esau is. And, uh, and, and Jacob says, what if my father touches me? I'd appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. What, what am I going to do about that, right? And, and his mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. She knows the will of God in this situation. Verse 25. My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. This is Isaac. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. He had Isaac's clothes on actually. I mean, he had uh, his brother's clothing, right? Esau's clothing. Ah, 
The smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and riches, earth's richness, and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. Those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. And he too tries to get the the blessing, but he can't. It's been given away. He said, I can't. I gave the blessing already. I gave it. What a remarkable thing. And then this Jacob becomes renamed Israel, right? And he has to flee for a while and take a couple laps around the block (laughs) before he can come back home. But the most amazing thing about this is the calling stays. Wow, the power of a mother. And just consider the anointing and the calling you have over your children. You can see for them, you can hear for them. And I think it even happens in cases of adoption. There's just something about this, something about this that I've noticed for many, many years. Mothers are always hearing in a different way, have their ears opened by God in a different way. So take your authority, women. Take your authority, moms, and your prayer authority that you have, and your compassion authority, and and exert what you know in the Lord for them. And even if they reject you, it's still... Be consistent. Don't give up on your kids. The mother of James and John interceded boldly for her two sons, which was really quite a remarkable story, right? Uh, I think that Jewish noms maybe know this better than most moms. I don't know. Just noticed. They especially seem to have an anointing this way. So the mother of Zebedee's sons comes to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asks a favor. What does you want? He asked. Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. (laughs) You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. Nice try, though. (laughs) Nice try. But I don't think James and John finished up too bad. You get the feeling? This is the Lord. This is the way the Lord works. We should ask boldly for our lives and our children's lives, believing God has great plans for, for us, even though we may be discouraged. So we're working right in hand in hand with the God who says this. This is what the Lord says. He who formed... This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is His name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And I just want to say that's especially true of you women and you mothers. Ask the Lord and He'll show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You may have to be persistent. But God built that persistence in you, especially for your children. Just keep on knocking and ask Him to show you great and unsearchable things you do not know today especially when you get it put in this puzzling place where you're just completely upside down and don't understand what's going on and everything. Here's the challenge. Ask of me and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Mothers have a sense of destiny for their children. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And mothers have that sense of what those works are. Now they may get off and have the wrong opinion from time to time, 
But I'm just especially you that know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Part of that equipment you have is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, which even enhance your ability to understand and to know things. Right? Very powerful. Mothers, show us how to persist in prayer until divine destiny comes forth. He might not only might he doesn't only review to you what your children are supposed to be or some things about your children, but he gives you a tenacity to keep on praying, to keep on pursuing until that thing becomes that dream, that anointing, that thing that's supposed to happen to your kids happens. Hannah prayed for a child named Samuel, right? And she has a story in and uh First uh, Samuel 1, that's uh, quite remarkable, actually. And so some of you know Samuel, but often through children, it's amazing what happens. Sometimes children, sometimes people have such a great anointing on their life that it affects a whole bunch of other people, <laughs> right? So you, you never know how that might work. Who knows what you're carrying in your womb? That might be the President of the United States. Somebody had to be the mother of the President of the United States, right? So who knows, right? God knows. First Samuel 1, verses 1 and 2. There was a certain man from, I don't even know how to pronounce that, Ramathian, that's my guess, a Zufite, <laughs> sounds like somebody from Mars, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. And then we begin to read this narrative. Now, what I want to say to you is this narrative is not just a simple story about a mother and her children. This is a purpose of God that was supposed to be born in the earth. Now, I believe with our children, there are purposes that are small and purposes that are great that are supposed to happen in the earth, right? And so the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Wow, sorry man, sorry woman, this, sometimes we just do this kind of stuff. Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Ooh. Not good, not good, buddy. All right, but you did your best, <laughs> I think. No, he didn't. Okay, well, anyway, once <laughs> all the guys said, well, he did his best. All they said, no, no, no. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Oh, man. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Ooh, guys aren't doing too good in this story, are they? Wow. I <laughs> mean, like... <laughs> Do I mean more to you? <laughs> this guy says, Phew, this girl is drunk. She's in the anointing of the Spirit, and he thinks she's drunk. Wow. And he's the high priest. <clears throat> Forgive us, ladies. Sometimes we just don't have it. Sometimes we have a bad day. <laughs> How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. 
Not so, my lord, Anna replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant what you have asked him. I tell you, a mom that's in agony and grief over one of her children is one of the most powerful prayers, one of the most powerful things that could ever happen. If God puts that on you for one of your children, you let that go inside of you, go deep, and you just pray out of it day and night till God changes and makes an exchange for the darkness into light. You just keep going. I'm a man, and I said something good there. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, because I asked the Lord for him. Evidently, the Samuel in the Hebrew sounds something like herd of the Lord or something like that. In Hannah's response to Samuel's birth, she reveals a secret. And it's so powerful. And this applies to everybody in the room here. I'm going to just read these, uh, these, these verses here. 1 Samuel uh, 2. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. And look at verse 9. He will guide the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced. She's talking about this baby and the great miracle. The pl- but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Wow. It's by God. She's prevailing, creating not only a baby, but a purpose in the earth. You see, Samuel was the first of the prophets. And the prophets began to be developed and come along in, in Israel's history, extending even to today. There are prophets and prophetic ministry announcing their God's mouthpieces to announce new things. But beyond the prophets was something even bigger. It was the announcement of the kings that would be over Israel, including one particular king who was, the, who was David. And that David was right in the direct lineage of Jesus, and the people of Jesus' day called him the son of David. But the one that called David out, the one that understood who he was, the one that caused the progression was this boy who became a prophet, Samuel, and saw David and knew that he was to be king and anointed himself. And that's what the prophets did. They called attention to what God was doing. Saul, you better stop that. You better stop that. And he didn't. And so he was uprooted. Then he saw David, and he anointed him even when he was young. He anointed him as king, and he became the greatest king of all, didn't he? Right? Wow. But where did this start? It started in the womb of this woman. That's where it started. And the prayers and intercessions that brought this child forth with all her heart and her mind and soul, praying, crying out to God, weeping, and this purpose came out. For you moms that haven't received, or you ladies who haven't received, what 
you think God has for you. Do not give up. Do not stop. The last thing you should ever do is stop praying because you have an anointing on you to call things that were not as though they were. Even beyond, I think in many cases, men, there's something about the whole process, the way you're wired to call out to God and to move the heavens around and to shake them. And don't let that ever be lost in you. You young women, you little girls that might be here, that is your calling. That is part of what you have. You have an ability to call things that are not as though they were. It doesn't matter whether you're married or not. It doesn't matter matter whether you have children or not. You have that unique place. That's what moms and women have in particular. It's an anointing. It's something that God put on Eve that He didn't always put as strongly on Adam. Not that men don't pray and call the same things, but it's just something very amazing revealed here. And it's not by strength that one prevails. Not by your superior intellect or Oh, you're a superior wisdom of like this happened and that happened. You can try, but it's it, this is your strength right here, in the dark place, in the broken place, but in the place of crying out. And we see this with destiny and moms and how moms seem to have these plans and 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 plans for the family and understanding. God uses intercession to powerfully unfold His good plans uh, for us. First Samuel uh, one again this picture of her praying. Romans 8, 26 to 27. I'm just going to read a few verses here about this whole thing with regard to intercession and prayer and how it powerfully precedes so many blessings and uh, so many things. Let me just say this. You can touch anything with prayer. You can touch anything. Anything. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's outside the reach of your calling out to God. And that goes for every person in this room, right? Romans 8, 26 to 27. In the same way, the Spirit, the very Spirit of God helps us in our weakness. We do not know how, what we ought to pray. You say, I, I don't know what to say. The Spirit will help you to know what to pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Even if you can't even put words to it, you can just groan. It counts. There's something about this inside of you wanting to work its way out for men and women. It's very, very powerful. And this Hannah is a picture of intercession and prayer. It brings things from the invisible into the visible that's why jesus said my house will be a house of prayer actually the the prayer room is the creation room it's where things get created things get created in these services every single weekend when we meet prayers are uttered things are inspired people are inspired to pray for things pray for each other it's the creation room that we have when we get together in christ who is then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. This is verse 34 of Romans 8. More than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. God, Jesus is already interceding for us. You just get a hold of His plan, His way. He's already praying. So when we pray, we just join His prayers together. Isn't that amazing? And the Spirit prays. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through groan, wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, we pray. But all this is sort of in this context of this divine destiny and destinies. And I just think women have an inside track. <laughs> Moms and grandmas are uniquely designed to persist with God until he answered. Amen. One of the most amazing stories to me is Jesus and his mom in John chapter 2. Have you ever considered this story? It's remarkable. 
On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. I'm not supposed to do this stuff, Mom. <laughs> Which she totally ignores. His mother says to his servants, Do whatever he tells you. Jesus goes, oh, Okay, fine. Get some gallons, get some, get some stone jars. Come on, bring them by. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. Does it look like that to you? I mean, he says, you know, I, I mean, when the Son of God, and she knew he was the Son of God, but anybody says, you know, uh, it's not time to do this, Mom. She totally ignores it. She says, ah, get ready. Just do whatever he tells you. How does she know? How does she know that sometimes no is yes? How does she know that about the Son of God? Mom's got that information. The Spirit gives. Sometimes the Spirit of God plays hard to get. I don't know why that is. It's a mystery. It's the, somewhere it says something about the glory of God to conceal a matter. The glory of kings to search it out. Kings and queens, search it out. And I just think this is one of the most amazing things. Things that look like no, aren't always no in the kingdom. Sometimes God's just sort of drawing us out into this other place. I, I don't know why that is, but the more I realize this, the more aggressive I get. I, when I touch, when, when, I, when I get a hold of something, you know, I, I, I just don't let go of it in the spirit. Look at this verse, again about this miracle. What Jesus did here in Cain of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. The very first sign he reveals to us, guess who, who's behind it? His mother calling the thing. This is, I mean, he, does God play hide and seek like this? I don't understand this, this passage. It's not my time. Just go ahead, guys. I'll tell you what to do. And then she's honored here. This is the first one that revealed his glory. It's the very first one at a wedding ceremony. Pulled forth by his mother, who was told no, but she said yes anyway. Wow. I don't know. There's just something there that I think could be mined out for all of us. Sometimes we think God is so far away. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if God just tests us to see what we're going to do. This place hard to get for a moment. I, I see that in other passages of Scripture. We give up way too soon. That's why we should be persisting. That's why even Jesus, when he defined prayer, he says in the Greek, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Don't, when I hide, you come forward. That's what you're supposed to do. And moms do that better than anybody. Grandmas really do it. Wow. So let's look at C there. Moms and grandmas are uniquely designed to persist with God until he answers, right? So we mentioned Mary, uh, Mary of Cana, but there's this story here in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. Just give you the feel of this again. All right. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as he, she heard about him, a woman whose, whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. The Spirit's telling me something. I can't even get through this passage. Listen, ladies. Today would be a good day to ask for stuff. 
And after you do it, you might want to go home and write it down. I prayed for such and such on Mother's Day. What's the date today? I don't even know what the date is, but whatever the date is, you might want to... What is it? May 8th. All right. New beginnings, yes. The woman was a Greek, born in Syria and Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. The Son of God, <coughs> who the woman knows can drive out demons, she's absolutely convinced that he's the Son of God. First let the children eat all they want, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. What does that mean? Well, she wasn't Jewish. So he was saying, I'm first called to Israel. And he uses the word dogs, which is a common term for Gentile, right? Boy, at that point, I might have, you know, I don't know. In this generation, they might have really got upset about that. I think probably. Is that right? But Jesus, he just holds her cool. Just, well. But even the dogs under the table get the children's crumbs. They told her, for such a reply you may go, the demons left your daughter. (laughs) She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Is this opposite the way we think of things? I'll tell you, I've spent a long time digesting these scriptures and never letting no be the final answer on things that I really believe are the God's will. I just... uh, persisted through so many things in my life and I can give you a laundry list of things that look like no but they turned out to be yes so many things I just I I have so many I can think of they told me not even to try to buy the buildings that we have here I've told you this before they told me don't even try stacked against you they're going to say no you're just going to get embarrassed in the meeting the planning commission told me that We've already said, we don't think you should do this. We don't think we're going to let you in these buildings. I don't think a church should go here, blah, 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 blah. So after fretting for seven, eight months, I went anyway. I've been praying my heart. I just said, forget it. I'm just going. We're going to do it. Whatever happens, happens. God, I leave this in your hands. And the city council overruled their planning commission in the middle of the meeting and gave us these buildings. Now, I probably told that story seven or eight times, but I got a lot, list as long as this in my arm of things like that that should have been no that turned out to be yes. So after you have a lifetime of doing that, you get a little stubborn. You don't give up so easy about anything, especially if you feel like it's the right thing, right? Let's encourage you. And I'm ridiculous. I don't even want to tell you how ridiculous I am about stuff like this. I pray over my kids' batting averages, for heaven's sake. And now my grandchildren's batting averages and all kinds of stuff like that that would be too embarrassing to talk about, but I pray always. Because I get away with so much. You would not believe the kind of stuff you get if you just push it a little harder, man. I'm just learning from all these women. One of my favorite stories is this woman here in 2 Kings. This is one of the most dynamic stories in the whole Bible. It's just remarkable. How have you ever gotten something that you thought was a present from the Lord, gifted from the Lord, and then somehow or another it was taken away from you? What does that do to your impression about God and His faithfulness, right? So this prophet, right, his name is Elisha, and uh, this woman had served him well and let him stay with her and just and he wants to gift her somehow. And uh, so he, he says uh, to Gehazi, what can be done for this woman? Well, she has no son. Her husband's old. Then Elisha said, well, call her. 
So he called her, and she stood in the doorway about this time. Next year, Elisha said, you'll hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. You know, she's saying, please, if this isn't true, please don't, don't say anything like this. Don't give me a false word. My, I'm hurt, aching and hurting so much for not having a child, and you're telling me I'm going to have a child. I just couldn't take it if it was the wrong thing. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, My head, my head! His father told his servant, Carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed, and the man of God... She went up and laid him on the bed on the man of God, then shut the door and went out. Now, the had a little residence for the man of God, who actually a special room, and when he came, he would visit there. So she takes the child and lays him on that bed. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return out. Here's the husband. He's not the sharpest in the barrel, right? Tack in the barrel. He's just not exactly, you know. I mean, but I don't think I would have been too sharp either. I mean, the kid's dead. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's not a special thing. And he doesn't even have a clue that she's going to ask him to come and raise his kid from the dead. He has no idea. But look what she says. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on. Don't slow down for me, as I tell you. So she set up and came to the, mount, uh, the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything's all right, she said, because she wasn't going to be dissuaded. She's going to talk to that man. She's going to get right in his face and tell him what she needs. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. I mean, even Gehazi's trying to get rid of her. She's in bitter distress. Leave her alone. She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. He couldn't see what the reason why. But I, I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. Don't, didn't I tell you? Don't raise my hopes. Elisha said to Kazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother, listen to that. She says, as surely as the Lord lives. That's an important little thing there. And as you live, I will not leave you. I'm not leaving. <laughs> so he got up and follows her. I mean... This is a great prophet. He says, go take care of it. She says, eh, not good enough. I want you. I mean, do you get away with this kind of stuff with God? I don't know, man. I mean, this is amazing. So, you don't, so you've seen the picture here. So, so think about that. I'm just loading all the ammo of these women. I mean, I'm, I'm putting gun, I'm putting stuff in the... Beware, husbands. I've just loaded your, the guns of all your interceding wives. Gehazi went up on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, hey, the boy's not awake. When Elisha reached the house where there was the boy lying dead on his couch, he went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he went, then he got on the bed and laid on the boy mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Why is the delay? All these delays, what is this? What are we doing here? I mean, even he speaks, but it doesn't happen. Now he's got to lay himself out on and, and, and What's going on here? God's really playing hard to get, but the woman won't have it, neither will Elisha. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, and they got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in and fell at his feet, bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. What a story. Could I just say some of you are in a battle for your sons and daughters like that? 
This woman would not take no for an answer, and that's part of mom's and divine destiny. It's part of it. I don't care how long it takes. Just keep pursuing, pursuing. Heaven likes faith. Heaven loves faith. And heaven will test you on that very thing, men and women, all of us. So last point here, encouragement for all moms and believers. Look at Isaiah chapter 49, verse 18. Lift up your eyes and look around. All your children gather and come to you. I'm saying this prophetically for all you that are praying for your children. All your children gather and come to you. And at a future point in time, you young mothers, when your children stop coming to you and gathering to you, you can take this verse out. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, this is your inheritance as mothers for your children. You will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. So they're supposed to decorate you, moms. So I got, Mom, I hope you're listening. I got an 89-year-old mother. And I have never once felt like when I came to see her or I would take going to church with her, I was, she was so proud of me. She would demonstrate. She, I was like an ornament on her. I'm, I'm like, look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at him. Right? And that's what's in you. That's your children are like, this is an encouragement. This is the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to wear them and be proud of them. This is your heritage, to be proud of your children. And if the enemy's got in there and messed it up, it's just a bigger story and a better story. Don't give up. It's a bigger story, a better story. Just God got an amazing testimony somehow out of this. Each of your children has a special purpose. Isaiah 8, 18, I love it. They are signs and symbols in God and Israel. I love Isaiah 54, 13 to 17. This comes after, I'm going to read this verse. It comes right after an amazing chapter. So Isaiah chapter 53 is the story of Jesus. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for a sin, he will see his offspring prolong his days. The whole thing's about that. The entire Isaiah 53 is a prophecy about Jesus and what he did on the cross for us, and the price that he paid. Isaiah chapter 54 is what he purchased for us. And I want to read verses 13 to 17. Here's what he purchased for you on the cross. You that know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who have created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flames and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is their vindication from me. And how do we know that? We know it because of the entire chapter 53 where it t- talks and prophesies about Jesus and what he did on the cross and how he was going to be crucified and killed years, hundreds and hundreds of years before it even happened. Then Isaiah chapter 54 tells us what he bought for us. 
clear as the day. It's all these passages that we say, right? But one of those is all your children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace. That was purchased for you on the cross. That's part of your heritage. Not only that you would be blessed and saved that you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, but your kids would get saved, and your grandkids, and your great-grandchildren, and your great-great-grandchildren. Amen? Let's all stand. First of all, I'd like to bless all the children and husbands that the wives and grandmas drug to church today. You're in the Lord's house right now. So when we start praying for you, you never know what's going to happen. Your future could be altered right now in this moment. And moms, what I'd like you to do is, uh, I'd like the worship band to come up. And uh, I think maybe, moms, you may have some plans. So it doesn't have to be at this altar, but at some altar. And if today would be a good day, you might want to just come up and uh, pray uh, during the worship. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, anybody would like to do that in a moment. But uh, there are a number of you that are marked out by your mother of the previous prayers of a grandmother. And I'm going to call all of that home right now. Not only what's in the room right now <laughs> for your relationship with Jesus, but also what's not in the room today. All right? And then what I'm going to do after I do that, and I just want you to enter a spirit of intercession with me for whoever it is that you're concerned about. All right? And then after that, I'm just going to ask for any mothers that would like to come or grandmothers who would like to come and give a special intercession for your children or for the destinies of your grandchildren or great-grandchildren, even ones that haven't appeared yet but you're believing for. You can even do that in advance before your kids even get married or before you even have children. You can do that. That's how far-reaching God, he sees the end from the beginning. He sees it all. So, Lord, the first thing, then I'm going to call some moms up for the first thing, Lord. I pray for anyone in this room (laughs) that's under the prayers of your mother or your grandmother. Some of you got like three barrels aimed at you. One's your mother, one's your wife, one's your grandma on one side and the grandma on the other side. Maybe four barrels. Why don't you just give up? You're done. You're toast. Might as well do it now. It be more pleasant for you. So, Lord, I just pray everybody knows that they're under the prayers like that, that those kind of prayers were uttered for them. I activate those prayers in Jesus' name. I pray, God, they would begin to move quickly. I pray that something would come out of this service, that just because we talked about it, just because we studied it, just because we declared it, things left undone in people's lives in this very room. I pray, O Lord, you would restore and heal and deliver. You would make right. You would reconcile. Bitterness has been hard to handle. Things that are undone. Jobs not found. Careers not made. Families that were broken up somewhere along the way, Lord. I pray, God, you would repair and fix in this great house of prayer. And now, Lord, because it's Mother's Day, I ask that you'd hear the prayers of every mom 
every woman in this place. They're looking for the kingdom to come in their family. For a brother, a family member, dad, or whoever. And along the way, you might want to pray for yourself if you like, but for anybody that's got, just feels like they would like to, just come to the front right now, okay? I just think if you'll respond, God, God will respond to you right now. Just come. Especially you ladies, just come. I'm going to see mostly ladies, but if a guy sneaks up here like this one, it's okay. He's got some special needs in his family, right? And he's interceding. Come quickly. Don't delay. I feel so much authority here. Not nearly as much authority is going to be released in this room with you moms and grandmas. Because if you've got a hold of this message, you understand who you are. You understand what you do. God gave you a womb, but in that womb, there's womb. There's room for God to move. Single, married, doesn't matter, women. You come. All want to pray. Lost loved ones, broken situations, situations that aren't right and you know they're not right and they need to be changed. People that aren't saved, people that are saved, people that are sick, people that have been in that position for a long time and broken. Unsaved kids, unfinished business, things that were cut short, things that are attacking families and households, and it's not right that they attack. Lord, we just ask God that you would release mighty authority through these prayers up at the front. We pray you would bind evil and release good. We call down heaven. Everything these women are saying before you. God, hear from heaven. Listen, Lord. In this brief moment we have together, may this be a special moment for the kingdom to come. Like that woman who would not take no for an answer from Elijah, like, like the others, like Jesus' own mother who knew what needed to be done and even told the Son of God, you know, we need some wine. Lord, hear from heaven. It's you who created the womb. It's you who created intercession. It's you who created this innate ability in women and mothers and even dads and all of us to cry out to you. It's you who paved the way for intercession. It's you that made the way for me to come boldly to a throne of grace and ask for help in a time of need, male or female. It's you who provided this amazing possibility in our lives. And we will not deny it here on Mother's Day. Mother's Day has always been a special day in the vineyard history, the history of the entire vineyard movement. It's at that day that an explosion happened that was heard around the world of the Spirit coming. May there be explosion in this place of answered prayer. May it come back on us. May we hear about it. I was standing at the altar on Mother's Day and I was crying out and the heavens began to shake in my family and people started turning back and somebody got healed and that son that won't talk to me anymore started talking. He called me up and that situation, our finances began to be erased and I got that job and things began to move around. Lord God, I pray this would be the day. Hear us from heaven. Hear, O oh Lord. All right, I'm just going to leave you to do business for as long as you want before the Lord, men and women. In Jesus' name, in a green prayer before the Lord.
from your seat out there or from here. If you need to go, if you could leave quietly, that'd be great. If you want to just stay, we'll be here for a while. Just encouraging you and praying with you and responding with you in Jesus' name. Amen.